I am an extremely achievement-oriented, like tunnel vision type of person. If I decide that I want to achieve something, I will go to the ends of the earth to make it happen. And while that is partially a superpower, it is also one of my biggest downfalls because I have now met burnout multiple times in my life and it has taught me a lot also. So when you always hear me saying business supports life and that is like one of the core values of my company now, that came from learning the hard way first. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the pod. This week, I have you all to myself for a solo episode, breaking down 10 spicy lessons from 10 years in entrepreneurship. Yes, 10 entire years, even though I'm only 28. And I'm going to tell you that whole story in a minute. And when I say spicy lessons, I don't mean spicy like spicy accountant, (laughs) if you know that, that reference. I mean the spicy you have come to know and love from me and this podcast and my corner of the internet, which is honest, no BS, unfiltered truth with like a side of dry humor and some juicy stories to to illustrate my point and give you the background for the lesson because I think the stories are just as valuable and hopefully will shed some light on how I've come to know these things. Like I said, I'm 10 years into the entrepreneurship journey. This past summer was my 10-year anniversary. I'm only 28 years old, and so I definitely fell into this world, this career path much earlier than most, but I really am so grateful, and honestly, the writing was on the wall that the entrepreneur life was for me because the first thing I ever officially sold I was 18 and it was this $7 clean eating recipe ebook. More on that in a minute. But before I even ever sold that, you know, I did the standard like lemonade stands and like school fundraisers and stuff like that. But the first thing that I ever came up with and was exchanging for money in a way was this um, role playing game for horse girls, literally called like horse.com. Maybe it still exists. H O. W-R-S-E. Any other horse girls I used to play this, please let me know that this was not just like a fever dream. But it was this game where you could build a stable of horses and you'd have all these stats on them and you could compete them and breed them and sell them and buy them and make a stable and offer services and host competitions. And I was like, this whole thing, this whole thing. And in that game, people could have like a homepage for their stable that would advertise their services and like talk about the where it's located and what it's like and what it specializes in. So you'd have like the the fictional name and graphics and all this stuff. And people's were generally pretty lame. But I figured out how to design mine. I think I use like PicMonkey, if anyone remembers what that is. I think I use like PicMonkey to create these 
images. I'm pretty sure I would like rip off images. Like I wouldn't license them or anything because I had no idea what that meant. So apologies to anyone if I illegally obtained your image and I would put like the name and all this stuff over it and I would basically graphic design the like image that was on their stable homepage. So I did that for myself and then I started doing it for other people in exchange for in-game currency. So that was my first like side hustle as probably a middle schooler. I don't know. And that was my first real foray into branding and digital marketing, if you will. And I should have known then. We all should have known at that point that entrepreneurship was in my blood and building brands was in my blood. I also grew up in the MySpace era, so I would custom code my MySpace page and edit all my photos and like make it really cool and I'd constantly be updating it. So the signs were there. The signs were there that I was meant to do this. But the first thing I actually sold for real money was a clean eating quote unquote recipe ebook. No one else was really doing that at the time. And there were no resources. There were certainly no business coaches, no playbooks, no like even YouTube videos showing how to do it. So I figured it out. Like I figured out how to build and format an ebook PDF. I figured out how to make a quote unquote sales page where people could buy it, which I'm pretty sure was like a blog spot page. <laughs> I eventually figured out how to automate the file delivery so I didn't have to manually send it to everyone who bought it. I did that for a while first though. Um, and that has always been one of my biggest strengths. Like if I set my mind to something, if I have a vision for what I want to happen, I will figure out how to do it. It might take a workaround. It might not be perfect on the first try, but I will figure out a way to do the dang thing. And so I did this when I was still in high school. Like I started my current same Instagram page that I still have in October 2012. I started it as an anonymous kind of accountability diary for my health and fitness journey, if you will. At that point, I was unfortunately very focused on being skinny and clean eating and all those things. We don't have to go down that rabbit trail, that whole tangent today. We don't have to talk about the motives behind it and how much I've grown since then. But long story short, and we can talk about my whole social media journey in another episode. Long story short, within six months of me using my Instagram as this anonymous accountability diary, I had gained 10,000 followers in six months. Think back to 2012, 2013, like that was unheard of. Bloggers were a little bit of a thing, but like influencers as we know them now did not exist. That was not a thing. No one was monetizing social media. Instagram was literally this app where you shared square photos. The Valencia filter was all the rage. There were no stories. There were no videos. Like it was a big deal when you could start posting videos instead of just square photos wild. So I was like really one of the founding fathers of the Fitspo world, if you will. And that grew and grew and grew. And I had been sharing these clean eating recipes with my followers and people really loved them. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to bundle these up and like sell them as a product. And I did. And I made a few thousand dollars that that first summer that I was selling it, which was like, rivaling the money that I was making with my summer nanny job. So that was the first clue that was like, 
damn, I must be onto something here. Like this, this is a thing that that could could really go somewhere. I didn't know where because, again, there was no blueprint. There was no proof of concept of like anyone else doing it yet. Online coaching didn't exist. But it is just wild to look back how that first decision of like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out has snowballed. And after 10 years into selling things on the Internet, it's pretty damn cool to look back on those big and little moments that have prepared me for right now. The seven-figure coaching business, the world-class programs, the team of 10, the leadership, the lifestyle, the capacity to hold it all, the wisdom and the self-trust. And it's just wild what you can accomplish when you start and when you trust yourself to take the next best step. And well, sometimes I hear people saying things like, well, it's too late for me or it's too saturated or I should have joined or I should have started like five years ago when I first thought of it or whatever. And to be honest, like, yes, it was less saturated, quote unquote, five years ago, let's say. But I started my online coaching business seven years ago and it didn't really exist like that. That industry was really just getting started. Again, I was kind of like one of the founding fathers of online fitness coaching. And because it was so new and so unproven, it was this massive uphill battle. Like there were no industry standards. There were no best practices. People had no idea what it was like. They were like, well, then are you just like my personal trainer on like Zoom or something? Which was <laughs> not it. Um, people didn't get it. There was no, there were no programs like online coach kickstart. There were no business mentors. I did hire a business mentor to help me because my business was literally held together by duct tape. And I was so burned out from just trying to figure out how to build a business. And she was great, but she didn't really know anything about online coaching either because it was so new. So I'm telling you this, that if you're an early stage entrepreneur, if you are an early stage online coach, like beginner, aspiring, either you haven't started your business or you have started it, but you're really not seeing the traction that you want, you are perfectly on time. You are at the perfect time because not only is there so much opportunity left for you like there's so much room for you to join the industry and thrive and I'm not just saying that there are literal like market studies on this the online coaching industry is expected to double once again and hit a market value of over 40 billion dollars in the next few years so you have plenty of room plenty of time to still succeed and like carve out your space but also you have the benefit of there being proven frameworks, proven processes. Like you can learn from the people who have gone before you, the people that did the trial and error, the people that had to throw the spaghetti at the wall. And you don't have to suffer through everything that I had to do to figure all of this stuff out. So it actually has a huge silver lining. And while it might feel saturated, it's really just noisy. It's not that competitive. So when you have the proven blueprints, when you take the lessons that I'm about to share with you, when you have a mentor lighting the path for you, when you have accountability, when you have feedback, when you have all those things, you can absolutely still be successful and just get in the fast lane, really, and cut through all the noise, carve out your niche, 
stand out from the crowd, sign ideal clients, grow a thriving business that makes bank while making a difference. Like that is still 1000% possible. And my clients are doing it every single day. If you want the proven blueprint to success, if you want daily mentorship and feedback and accountability, you've got to apply for Online Coach Kickstart. Enrollment is currently open. And not only do we have a $5,000 results guaranteed, but we also have over $3,000 in limited time enrollment bonuses up for grabs, but only through this week. So if you are an early stage online coach who wants the proven blueprint, you want the exact step-by-step proven process for setting up, launching, and growing your online coaching business and stepping into that CEO coach role, plus get daily mentorship, that accountability, that amazing community, tons of feedback. And for me to walk through the process with you every step of the way, you've got to submit your application ASAP. The link to do that and get all the details about the program is www.onlinecoachkickstart.com. If you have any questions about whether or not it's a fit or the guarantee or what's included, or if this is the perfect fit for you, send me a DM on Instagram. I've been hanging out in my DMs and answering lots of questions, and I'm happy to chat through it with you and give you my honest opinion if this is right for you. But odds are, if you're listening to this episode, it is we have had hundreds and hundreds of students go through this program with massive, massive success, including hitting six figures their first year in business, doubling their family's income within weeks of launching, going full time as an online coach, tripling their prices with total confidence, nailing their niche and finally having complete clarity over their passion and their vision and their impact. And finally, having a business that feels like a real business they can be proud of, delivering a five-star client experience, having incredible client retention and value, and loving what they do every single day. So if you want to be the next success story, go to onlinecoachkickstart.com, fill out the application, and that will lock in your limited time enrollment bonuses. I'll personally review your application, make sure that it is the perfect fit, send over all the details, investment options, FAQs, all of that good stuff. And then if you're accepted, you'll be offered a spot to kick off and hit the ground running. Congratulations to everyone who has already jumped in during this enrollment period. I know every single person has felt so excited, but also so nervous. And that is just completely normal because that is what growth feels like. It is leaving your comfort zone. It is uncharted territory. It is stretching yourself and doing something new. And that is literally just the requirement of reaching your goals is stretching yourself and leaning in to that discomfort. So congratulations to everyone who has already taken the leap. I'm so proud of you and excited for what's to come. Now let's go ahead and get into these 10 spicy lessons from 10 years in entrepreneurship. So lesson number one is that this is a game of who can solve problems and bounce back the fastest. And when I say problems, this can be as little as like a link was broken. This could be as big as like intellectual property violations where you have to involve a lawyer. Like I had to do that a couple of years ago and pay a lawyer a lot of money to make that go away. It could be as big as contract issues with clients. It could be taxes. It could be finance stress. It could be getting your Instagram account hacked, whatever it is. The problems are inevitable. 
Like we are human beings, imperfect human beings running a business with other human beings. Technology fails. You make mistakes. Other people make mistakes. Other people are irrational, whatever it is. There are going to be problems. And the only way for you to be successful and also just not let your business eat you alive is to be able to fix the problem and keep moving. And in order to fix the problem, you have to go from that like immediate panic, oh shit, what am I going to do? The sky is falling feeling and go into problem solving mode. Like how go from that, oh shit, to okay, how can I fix this? in the shortest amount of time possible and also not make that problem mean anything more than what it is. Meaning like, oh, I'm going to fail or I'm a bad coach or I'm not meant to do this or whatever. Just not letting it spiral into this whole story, this whole prophecy and just letting it be this problem that you solve and keep moving. Problems can also be as simple as like, why is my content not getting good engagement or why have I not closed my last few sales calls or why am I not taking action when I know what I need to do? Like why am I self-sabotaging, right? Those are all different versions of problems and they are all things that can potentially hold us back from making progress or hitting our goals. And it truly is just a game of how can I get to the root cause of the problem, fix it and keep moving, not make it mean anything more than it does. The second spicy lesson is that selling gets to be a win-win for everyone. I see this in new entrepreneurs all the time, or not even necessarily new, but the entrepreneurs who are struggling to see consistent revenue, get consistent clients, make consistent sales, whatever it is, is they have this massive resistance to selling their thing, to to talking about their thing, to getting it out there, to getting it the, the visibility that it deserves because they have this belief that selling is inherently gross or pushy or salesy, whatever that means. And they have this inherent belief that just selling is bad, like blatantly selling is a bad thing. But then when I ask them, well, do you believe in your offer? do you believe that it can positively impact someone's life? And they're like, well, yeah, I know that people need this because this is what I needed, for example. Or I've worked with clients who I've changed their life. Or I wish this existed when I was in their shoes. Whatever it is, they know that there is value in their offer, but yet they're afraid to talk about it in fear of being salesy, being pushy. But let me tell you this, the people who are worried about being salesy or being pushy or coming off as gross or whatever are the people who have nothing to worry about. <laughs> because when they're thinking about examples of that, like think the the stereotypical like greasy hair car salesman guy, he's not worried about being salesy, right? Like that is a completely different mindset. That is a completely different identity. That is a completely different person. He is not worried about coming across any type of way. He is only worried about closing the deal. So if you are someone who is concerned about like, well, I don't want to make people uncomfortable or whatever, this is 9.9 times out of 10, not your problem, (laughs) not something that you need to worry about. But the way I teach sales specifically really drives this home that selling gets to be a win-win for everyone because when you learn how to sell in a way that, yes, is backed by sales strategy and buyer behavior and psychology and all of those things and, you know, prioritizes conversions and stuff, but also is empowering 
and is consent-based and is ethical and is emotionally intelligent and really has like heart and passion behind it, you are going to create a win-win situation for the people you're talking to. Like you're only going to invite people who you can genuinely help, right? You're not going to scam people. You're not going to take people's money and run. You're not going to take clients who you know you can't help. Like you're not going to be engaging in any of those behaviors that are unethical. And when you learn how to sell in a strategic and empowering way, that means that everyone has a positive experience. That means that selling gets to be a service. That means that when you sell, you change lives because when you sell your thing, you get clients. And when you get a client, you have the power to guide them through a life-changing transformation, whether that's in their health and fitness, their relationships, their mindset, their lifestyle, their, their careers, their parenting. Like there are endless ways to change someone's life. And for you to do that work and really do it on a deep level, you have to sell your thing. So it's just a matter of finding someone to teach sales to you that you like their style. You resonate with their values. You resonate with the way that they've sold to you. And that's how I teach sales inside of all of my programs. And once I was able to fully embody that and sell unapologetically, now that doesn't mean just like copy and pasting the same blatant pitch every day. There's soft selling, there's hard selling, there's selling to all different buyer types, there's, uh, there's selling from all different points of view and different angles to make it still feel very like authentic and organic and relevant where it feels like, oh my God, she's speaking to me, I need this. There's a way, there's a strategy behind that that I teach all my clients, but when I fully embodied that selling gets to be a win-win, my business exploded because I was finally giving my offers the visibility and love and attention and respect <laughs> that they deserve by clearly communicating the value to the people who needed that work. And if you're not sure if your offer is valuable, if you're not sure what your niche is, if you're not sure how to do any of that selling, you need to learn how to do it. But once you learn how to do it, then it's often more of like a mindset and energetics game as well. So we have to address both. Number three is that you will never see someone, quote unquote, ahead of you trying to pull you down. It just won't happen. And the other way of saying this where, where I first saw this lesson, I think it was maybe in like a meme or something like that was I've never seen a hater doing better than me. <laughs> And I found that to be so true because I've reflected on all of the times that people have tried to pull me down, have tried to literally slander me, have tried to attack my character or simply just make fun of me and like troll me. And not a single one of those people who did it in that way had valuable advice, had valuable feedback, had anything constructive that they could share or had any success that I wanted to replicate. Like I have learned that I can only take advice from people who I look up to and would be willing to like trade places with. So I have really narrowed in the circle of people I take advice from. I only take advice and feedback from my mentor 
who I have been working with for four and a half years now, and she knows everything about me and my business and who I am as a person. And I really respect her as an entrepreneur and a human. I will take advice from my husband. I will take advice from my close friends. I will take advice from my close family that has an asterisk (laughs) and depends on the type of advice. Like I'm not going to take business advice from someone who has literally never run a business, but I might take feedback on different other areas. But I will not take feedback or advice from anonymous people on the internet. I will not take feedback or advice from people who have never had a business. I will never take feedback or advice from people who are clearly committed to just misunderstanding me and never getting to like a productive conversation. And I say all of this not to be like, oh my God, poor me. People have been mean to me before. (laughs) But rather to reassure you that even if people judge you, even if people talk about you, even if people have negative things to say about you, to you, behind you, whatever it is, it doesn't matter and it doesn't have to stop you. I know so many people hold themselves small or keep themselves from going after the thing that they want. They're not taking up space. They're not being loud and proud about their offer like we talked about. They are scared to really like identify themselves as a coach or an entrepreneur or whatever they want to do in fear of what people will think. And people will probably think things about it, right? Like there probably will be judgment and negativity. And honestly, in my programs, we will usually celebrate when someone gets like their first hate comment because it means that they are reaching a new audience. They are reaching new people who don't know them. They are getting in front of people. And of course, it's not like we want to get on the wrong side of the internet and like go viral with a bunch of people who are not aligned. But we want to grow. We want to be visible. We want to impact large amounts of people. And that comes with the territory. And that doesn't mean you have to like it. And that doesn't mean that it will never affect you. Like I still sometimes might need to take a second to like brush my shoulders off when I see something like that. But you can't let it stop you from pursuing the impact that you want to make, the income that you want to make, the lifestyle that you're going to be able to live, the way you're going to be able to provide for your loved ones. Like it is all worth it a thousand times over. I can say that with complete confidence and certainty that it is all worth it. Like I get it. I get that it's scary. I had my very first troll incident early on in my career and it was a girl from my school literally posted an entire Instagram post completely just mocking me and it was like that that moment I could have let that stop me. I could have let that be like, you know what? This is not it. People don't get it. I don't want to put up with this. Like I could have let that be the thing that stopped me. But imagine if I had. Imagine how differently my life would have gone if I let what other people thought about my thing and my passions and my vision stop me from showing up. So I don't want that to stop you either. It is so not worth it to hold yourself small and live with regret to keep yourself safe from judgment. It's just not. And as you grow as an entrepreneur, as you do the inner work, you will become so solid in yourself and your values and your character and your vision that people can say stuff and it might sting for a second, but it is not going to slow you down. So that is spicy lesson number three. 
People who are ahead of you are never going to try to pull you down. Lesson number four is that if you can't enjoy the process and love the journey, no amount of success will be worth it. I have faced burnout multiple times in my life. I am an extremely achievement-oriented, like tunnel vision type of person. If I decide that I want to achieve something, I will go to the ends of the earth to make it happen. And while that is partially a superpower, it is also one of my biggest downfalls because I have now met burnout multiple times in my life. And it has taught me a lot (laughs) also. So when you always hear me saying business supports life and that is like one of the core values of my company now, that came from learning the hard way first. Like my first bout with burnout was really after I had done bikini competitions. I had really pushed my body past its limit and completely had like a health meltdown, a mental health meltdown. I had truly screwed up my hormones for multiple years after that. Now I'm in a really good place, but I am able to value balance and sustainability and longevity because of that experience. And I had a similar experience in my business. I think that was circa 2018, maybe. It was when I lived in LA for one year. I was completely overhauling my business because it was held together by duct tape. This was when I first hired a business mentor and had no idea what I was doing and really still had to figure out how to run a coaching business and kind of pioneer that process. And I was also running a YouTube channel. I was working with clients. I was still doing influencer stuff. I just had no idea how to balance it all. And I wanted to do it all at 100% with basically no help. So you can imagine that that was a recipe for burnout. And I just worked like 12-hour days and sacrificed everything for growing my business. And then when I burned out, I was forced to slow down. I was forced to chill out. I was forced to step back. And that was not fun at all. (laughs) Like the consequences were not worth it. And so I have had to learn that it is about the journey. It is about the process. It is about having fun along the way. It is about taking time to celebrate the wins and extract the lessons and be grateful for where you are now. And that was kind of what created my first original kind of trademark saying, which was grind and be grateful, like work hard, but also be grateful along the way and work on your mindset and enjoy the journey. And so you need to be able to enjoy the process. And that is why we bake business supporting life into all of my programs. We bake it into all of my clients' businesses because we need to be able to enjoy it. We need to be able to build something that is made to last. I have seen so many people come up fast and then burn out even faster, like literally just flash in the pan, (laughs) overnight success here one day, up in flames in the next, like burning down their businesses because they're not doing this thing. So we build that into literally all of my clients' businesses. That's also a huge reason why I really prioritize my horse girl time. If you've heard me talk about the golden rules in my business, one of them is that barn time is sacred. Like that's in the calendar before anything else. And I go to horse shows and I do things that maybe make my business growth slower, if you will, because I'm divesting time and energy into other things. But those other things are exactly 
why I'm passionate about my business and why I have longevity and why I have creativity and why I'm able to show up and enjoy what I do. Because if I was literally just stuck in my office or in my work cave all day, every day, I would not like this anymore. I would burn out and I would want to burn down my business too. So make sure as you're building, as you're setting big goals, yes, it's going to take work. Yes, it's going to be hard. None of this is to say it's easy and you can just like align and call in all of these results without busting your ass and working hard and learning skills and all that. It's still going to be hard, but there has to be an element of enjoyment and balance and fun along the way. I still have seasons that are grindy. I still have seasons that are a little bit more hustly than others, but I'm always looking to balance those and pour back in with fun and play and rest. So make sure that you are aware of that and make sure when you choose a mentor, you're working with someone who has a lifestyle that you like, that you would be happy with. And that doesn't mean like all my clients want to be horse girls, for example. That means that all of my clients want to have a life outside of their business, whether they're moms or they love traveling or they simply want to just not work 80 hours a week. That is a lot of why people come to me because they see me walking the walk of business supporting life. Spicy lesson number five is that investing back in your business is the best way to bet on yourself. I am constantly looking at ways that I can reinvest money from my business back into the business so that it can continue growing and scaling and becoming more and more profitable and a more and more well-oiled machine so that ultimately it becomes this huge vehicle for financial abundance and freedom, et cetera. And now where I have a seven-figure home, I get to horse show all around the country. I get to do really cool shit and live a great lifestyle. This is only possible because I really prioritize investing in my business and growing the cash flow machine that is my business early on. And I still do. I still invest extremely heavily into my business. I, of course, prioritize profitability and paying myself and all of that, but I'm always looking at ways to continue growing. And I don't think about my business's money as inherently my money. I pay myself monthly. I also pay myself bonuses where it's appropriate, but I do not think about, oh, if I just made a $10,000 sale, for example, that is not my $10,000. My business made $10,000 and we'll see how that impacts my ability to bonus maybe at the end of the quarter. But my salary is a healthy, good salary that is appropriate for my business and still gives me plenty of opportunities to reinvest. And that buys me back as well. Freedom, that buys me sustainability, that buys me support. I would not be able to have the level of success with the lifestyle that I have if I did not reinvest in my team in systems, in the strategies, in mentorship to build something that is sustainable and that supports my lifestyle. And so being able to invest back in my business and having that mindset of constantly pouring back and then equipping my business so that it can pour back into me. I constantly see women who are maybe earlier on in their business journey and they kind of have like one foot in, one foot out of like, what if this doesn't work? What if it's all for nothing? 
blah, blah, blah. And they're really letting like their fears and their self-doubt run the show. And that is one of the biggest blocks to success. I've always treated my business like there is no plan B. Knowing that also, if for some reason everything burned down tomorrow, I would have my own back and I'd be able to figure it out. But I have never operated my business preparing for it to fail. That makes zero sense to me. And so it has always been just a no-brainer for me to continually invest back into my business as a form of backing myself and betting on my own potential, betting on my vision. And I have a whole episode about how I think about money as a CEO. So go give that a listen if you know that you have more work to do in like the money mindset realm and you want to start thinking about money as a CEO. But I'm always thinking about what is the ROI? Like what if I spend this money on my business, let's say it's joining Online Coach Kickstart. If I spend the money to join Online Coach Kickstart, what could be the ROI? What could be the return on investment? In the case of that program specifically, we have a $5,000 results guarantee, which means we guarantee that if you do the program, you show up, you do the work, you will more than make your money back, way more than make your money back and secure at least $5,000 in new sales. Of course, you have to apply and be a fit and be accepted and all of that. But like we literally guarantee that you will have an ROI, like you will more than make your money back. It will be a profitable investment. And so if I was early on in my business, I would be seeing that as like a no brainer, like I can get results as fast as possible with as little friction and trial and error and failure as possible. I'm going to more than make my money back. It's going to save me so much time and energy. I'm going to start helping people sooner. I'm going to start making money and building my freedom and my business, my lifestyle faster. Like that is a no brainer. And getting resourceful to figure out how to make that initial investment would be me betting on myself. Now, 10 years into making money, I still look at all the money spent on my business in that way. Like I spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a mentor every month. My coach, Sabrina, I spend thousands of dollars every month on her coaching me. And it is so easy to justify it because I found that for most people, but definitely for me, having a mentor means that I move faster with more confidence. I bounce back from the failures faster. I find clarity faster. I just move differently and I have accountability and I have a sounding board and I have someone who is constantly keeping me on the path, <laughs> on the path to success. And it's not that four and a half years in, I'm still getting my mind blown constantly by new information because I'm not like I'm, I'm not. I don't remember the last time that we had a call together or a conversation together. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never heard that ever before. This is completely new information to me. No, now my investment is betting on momentum, betting on success, betting on myself. And it's about the momentum and being held and being supported through it all. But I will always, for as long as I have goals or as long as I want to grow, I will always be investing back into my business in mentorship, in team, in systems, in experts, in support coaches, whatever it is. I'll always be investing back into my business because I want to continue growing. Now, on the topic of betting on yourself and going all in and making big moves, rule number six or spicy lesson number six, I should say, is that there is no true failure. You either win or you learn. Like those are truly the only possible outcomes 
when you are all in, when you're taking courageous action, when you are going after your goals, you cannot fail. Like the only way that you could fail actually is if you quit and is if you give up. The only way you can fail is if you give up. So in my business, I'm either winning or I'm learning. Like I'm getting feedback. I'm getting data. I'm getting clarity on why it didn't work. And I can then apply it to future things, whether it's a launch or an offer or a sales conversation or a hire I made. I cannot tell you how many business manager and COO hires I went through before I figured out what I actually needed. And I can't look at that as, oh my God, Marie, you're so dumb for hiring the wrong person three times. You're so dumb for that. Like, you don't even deserve to be an entrepreneur, right? Like, I could go down that mindset spiral, but that's so unhelpful. Instead, I can look at those experiences and be like, okay, what were the common threads of why these hires didn't work out? Why did each next one get, like, did they get incrementally better? Did we at least get closer to what we were looking for? Yes, we did. Like, I definitely got closer and closer to what I actually needed. And I tried to learn and apply each lesson (laughs) to the next one. And now, ultimately, I've been with my COO and my operations team for over two years, and they're amazing. But I had to kind of hire the wrong people. Like, I had to honestly have those experiences and learn how to be a leader, learn what I was looking for, learn how to ask for support in the way that I needed to ask for it. Like I needed to have those experiences and I learned so much. And I also have learned so much more from the times I did not hit my goals than the times that I did. And I mean that wholeheartedly, like the launches that did not work, the offers that flopped, the content that didn't perform well. Sometimes that's just a fluke because the freaking algorithm will algorithm. But like, for example, the first course I ever launched was when I was a fitness coach and I launched a fat loss course. And this course guru guy like took me under his wing and he was like, yeah, you're going to do this and this and this and have a webinar and do blah, blah, blah. And it all sounded very promising. And he told me that I was going to make like $50,000 or something. He's like, yeah, you'll totally convert this percentage of your audience. I don't know if he had even ever helped anyone else do this before. Whatever. Anyway, I sold like four of them. Like I made like $1,000. And while, you know, it's great that anyone bought it, I felt extremely short of that goal. And I had put so much work into making that course. And I learned a lot from that. I learned so much about positioning your offer, naming your offer, your messaging, launch strategy, launch mindset, pre-selling and warming up your audience, doing market research. Like I learned so much about how to launch from my first launch ever, which was a huge fail. But again, it wasn't really a fail because I learned a ton and I was able to apply that. And now I've made easily over seven figures in launches across my business. And my clients have had amazing results launching and I people come to me to learn how to launch. But first, I had to fail, and I learned a lot from that experience. And so do not get attached. Do not make your failures mean more than they do. I talked about that in lesson one about solving problems. Like, do not make it mean more than it does. Whatever it, it is, whatever the quote-unquote failure was, 
It is just feedback on what not to do and what doesn't work. And if you can take that and apply it, you will see more success in the future. Moving to lesson number seven, nothing is actually an emergency or the end of your business. I know especially when you are earlier on, some things, some bumps in the road, some things that feel like emergencies feel so big and feel so important and feel so deathly to you that you're like, no, Marie, but really, this is an emergency. And I promise you, it's not. I promise you that you're going to be okay. Your business is going to be okay. The world is going to keep turning. People are going to forget that it ever happened. And I can only say that with such confidence because I have been doing this for a very long time and I have gone through experiences that felt like emergencies at the time. And now they are literally just a blip on the radar. Like they are not even remotely important or affecting me in any way anymore. Nothing is actually an emergency. Nothing is actually the end of your business because when you build your business with strategy and with solid foundations and with support and with sustainability and scalability and profitability in mind, that is not going to get just blown over. Like you are not building a house of cards. You are building a freaking business like a CEO with solid foundations. And it's going to take more than one emergency seemingly or one incident or one problem to tear it all down. I promise you that. And I think the only thing that has really allowed me to speak to that with such conviction is that I've had enough experiences this far in. I've been on the roller coaster long enough to know that after every emergency, everything is still okay. And I might have to process that. I might have to sit with myself. I might need to regulate my nervous system again. That has been a big thing for me over the years, learning how to self-regulate and stay grounded. But it's going to be okay. Now, there are family emergencies, certainly. There are health emergencies. There are emergencies with your kids or your pets or your parents or your friends or things like that. Like there are genuine emergencies in life, but where they are is not inside your business. It is just simply never that serious. We are running online coaching businesses, online service-based businesses, education businesses. We are not in the ER saving lives. We just are not that serious where there are true emergencies. And I've found that by creating that type of culture in my programs, number one, it helps my clients embody that for themselves as well and stay grounded and be able to zoom out when things are happening in their businesses. And it also creates a much healthier coach-client relationship because then my clients aren't always running to me, expecting me to save them which I know can feel nice as the client in the short term because it's like, oh my God, whenever my coach needs me, she's there for me right away, right? Like it can feel like a good move, but it actually creates codependency where you don't trust yourself to sit with uncomfortable feelings. You don't trust yourself to solve problems. And it's not that I just leave my clients like cry it out, (laughs) like the cry it out method equivalent in coaching. It's definitely not that. But I model that in my business, we don't have emergencies and that everything is figure outable. And then that confidence is contagious to them. 
And that helps them be more grounded and more self-led and more resilient in their businesses. And if it is truly an emergency, like I can think of one thing that could maybe qualify as an emergency in my business. And then that was not a situation for my coach. That was a situation for my lawyer. And even that, everything turned out fine. We bounced back. There were were no long-term ramifications or hindrances on my success. It did take a while for me to process this thing and come to peace with it and let it go. But that's the inner work. That is not an actual emergency that threatens my business. So just know and trust that when you are strategic, when you build a solid foundation, your business is so much more solid and secure and will last the test of time more than you give it credit for. And same goes for you. You are more resilient and more hardy than you give yourself credit for and learning how to zoom out and self-regulate and be okay through the ups and downs is a huge part of the game. And that perfectly leads into lesson number eight, which is that ebbs and flows are inevitable. So trust yourself to figure it out and hang in there. And what I mean by ebbs and flows is that there are going to be seasons in your business where you are on fire, everything is clicking, it seems like everything you're touching turns to gold, you are on cloud nine, you are so in demand, you are killing it, your content's performing, your clients love you, everything is great, you have like endless energy and motivation and blah, 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 blah. And then there are also going to be seasons where life got really lifey and you are just maintaining your business because that's all you have energy for. There are going to be times in your business where your messaging and marketing maybe isn't hitting the way it used to and you need to make changes and there's a little bit of a lag in the response and then seeing things pick back up, but you problem solve and you get through it. There are going to be seasons where you are prioritizing other things in your life and you have to adjust your expectations. There are going to be seasons where You maybe get frustrated or you fall out of love a little bit or you question things. And that is all completely normal. Expecting to always be completely obsessed in love on fire in your business is not realistic. That is not a human experience because we change. We have ebbs and flows in our energy, in our motivation, in our belief in ourselves, in our mental health, in our physical health. And so to expect our business to always feel on fire and amazing and just unstoppable is not a reasonable expectation or pressure to put on yourself. Think about it as like a relationship, right? If you are only in a relationship when things are easy and great and in the honeymoon phase and as soon as things get a little hard, you're questioning everything, wanting to burn it down, wanting to run away, just expecting it to always feel easy breezy, zero conflict, that's not a fair thing. So you have to know that it's going to take work and it's going to take tweaking and it's going to take optimizing and it's going to take patience and there are seasons, but the ebbs and flows always come back, right? Like if you're in a low, hang in there. A high is just around the corner, but you always need to be looking ahead, hang in there, trust yourself to figure it out. And when I say figure it out, that doesn't mean like, oh, I'm in a bad place right now. I'm not seeing the results that I want, or I just feel really blah or whatever. I'm just going to wait and just like 
do nothing and sit here until it gets better. No, no. Like do work, do, do the things that are in your control to improve the situation, whether it's mentorship, whether it's working on your mental health, whether it's figuring out energy management, whether it's tweaking your offers or your niche or changing up how you pursue a business model, like make changes, right? Like do actively figure it out and then also be patient knowing that it takes time for the new season to come in. And again, I've been doing this for 10 years. And so I've seen over and over again that there are like low points come, but low points also go. And you're not always going to feel on fire. You're not always going to feel unstoppable. But what keeps you going is having a vision, holding that vision, having a mentor hold you through those things. Like it's honestly almost more important to have mentorship through those challenging seasons where maybe you're not making as much money as you want to be or you're stressed about the results or you are not feeling as motivated and inspired. Like being held through that can be so valuable So it's trusting the vision, holding the vision, leaning on your support system, mentor, team, family, whatever that looks like, doing the work and controlling what you can control and then being patient. But I promise that the the flow part of the ebb and the flow is around the corner. And if you keep going, it's literally inevitable that you're going to find yourself back in that happy season. That takes us to spicy lesson number nine. And when I was talking about this list on Instagram, this is the one that got the most LOLs, but it is actually so serious. Like this is an actual lesson, a rule I have for myself, and that is never make permanent decisions the week before your period. Because historically, all the times I'm like, everyone hates me. I'm going to burn down my business. Why do I even do this? None of my clients even like me. Why does everyone on social media think I'm boring? Like all of these things. Maybe I'm not even smart, whatever it is. Whenever I'm stuck in that mindset spiral, I get my period a few days later and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, never mind. Forget everything I just said. <laughs> and I went through that pattern enough times where I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to buy into anything that's happening negatively in my brain during that time. Like I can think the thoughts, but I don't need to buy into them. I don't need to follow them. I don't need to own them as my own or as my beliefs. They can exist, but they can just continue on their merry way. Not so merry way, if you will. They can just continue on and they don't have to be my beliefs. And so I never make decisions about the path of my business, my business model, my goals, who I am and what I believe about myself in that just melancholy (laughs) mode. Like I do not make any permanent decisions or form any permanent opinions during that time frame. And that just comes down to knowing yourself and holding yourself accountable for your patterns. And you will be so much better off if you know when to not buy into what your brain is trying to tell you. And kind of the the real big picture version of this lesson is like never make permanent decisions when you're at your lowest. I think there's also a saying that's like, never quit on a bad day, right? Never quit your passion, never quit your hobby, never quit your relationship, never quit a sport, whatever it is, never quit on a bad day because that is not an accurate representation of how you actually feel about that thing, about how much it means to you, 
it's always going to skew towards why it's not going to work or why you're not good enough when you're having a bad day, when you're in your feels. So never quit on a bad day. And I've just found historically that most of those mindset spiral bad days happen to be a few days before I get my period. I also do think that there's very real reasons and science behind coordinating your business with your cycle. I have a whole interview with Nicole Bendayan on this. I will link it in the episode description. But really knowing your cycles and how you feel and honoring the way that you ebb and flow throughout the month can really support your motivation, your energy, your productivity, your mindset, and it really works. So 10 out of 10 recommend giving that episode a listen. And let's wrap this up with spicy lesson number 10, which is that having a life outside of your business makes you a better entrepreneur. Now, don't get me wrong. I totally understand that for a lot of early stage entrepreneurs, your business is the side thing. It is the it is the side hustle. It is the passion project. It is the thing that you're doing in your free time. Totally understand that. Amazing. Great. Support it. Like you do what you have to do to get your business off the ground. Like if you really want this, you will work your ass off. You will make it happen. Yes, do that. But once you are full time in your business, you cannot live and die by your business. It creates this really unhealthy dependency on if it's a good day in, a, in my business, it's a good day for me. If it's a bad day in my business, it's a bad day for me. It suffocates and completely just hurts your relationships. It narrows your identity. And then you don't know who you are outside of your business. And it can just become this really toxic, like codependent situation where you are your business, your business's success is your success, your business's day is your day, your full identity is just in your business and your happiness is in your business. And that is also a huge recipe for burnout because you have nothing else that's like filling your cup that's making you happy. And it just isn't a healthy dynamic. I have found that when I prioritize other things, like we said earlier, horse time is sacred to me schedule that first. That makes me so much better at my job. It makes me more grounded. It helps my mental health stay in check. Like that is so good for my mental health. That is basically this moving meditation for me. It helps me with being social and feeling connected because I have a bunch of friends at the barn that I see every day. I am able to have space and perspective on my business. Like anytime my business is just feeling like too heavy, too much, take a step back, I go ride my horse and suddenly everything is okay again. But if I had just sat in my business and freaked out about it or wallowed or spiraled, sat in the spiral, that would have been massively unhelpful. So if you are full-time in your business and you don't have a thing outside of it. It doesn't have to be this huge passion like horses are for me. It can be just something that is simply fun and interesting to you, or it can be hanging out with your friends. It could be going on dates with your significant other, whatever it is. Just carve out time and be really intentional about nurturing you as a human, nurturing your relationships, nurturing your identity outside of entrepreneurship. It will make you so much more well-rounded. It will make you more grounded. It will massively help your creativity and overall just create such a better 
dynamic. It will be this like synergistic exchange of energy. So that will conclude 10 spicy lessons from 10 years in entrepreneurship. I'll recap them quickly. One, this is a game of who can solve problems and bounce back the fastest. Two, selling gets to be a win-win for everyone. Three, you'll never see a hater doing better than you or also no one ahead of you is ever going to try to pull you down. Four, if you can't enjoy the process and love the journey, no amount of success will be worth it. Five, invest back into your business as the best way to bet on yourself. Six, there is no true failing. You either win or you learn. Seven, nothing is actually an emergency or the end of your business slash you and your business are more resilient than you think. Eight, ebbs and flows are inevitable. Hang in there and trust yourself to figure it out. Nine, never make permanent decisions the week before your period slash never quit on a bad day. And 10, having a life outside your business makes you a better entrepreneur. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are an early stage beginner or aspiring online coach, be sure to submit your application for Online Coach Kickstart ASAP. That's www.onlinecoachkickstart.com. So we can walk through the proven process for setting, launching, and growing a highly successful coaching business that makes bank while making a difference. You will follow in the footsteps of hundreds of successful online coaches before you get daily coaching and feedback and accountability and build a business that is built to last. I am so excited for our newest students and I hope to see you inside. If you are a more established online coach, service writer, or educator, and you want to join Online Coach Empire Mastermind in time for our retreat coming this November, send me a DM on Instagram and I'll see if you can still snag a seat. That's going to be so much fun. Such a vibe. We have so many amazing breakthrough sessions planned, photography, mini branding sessions, private dinners, all of these masterminding business workshops. It's going to be a whole vibe two days in November. So whether you are an early stage online coach or established and ready to take it to multiple six or seven figures, would love to hear from you. So send me a DM on Instagram or apply for Online Coach Kickstart. Thank you so much for tuning in. Super grateful for you. And I'll see you again next week.